AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello, I'm Walker Yarrow, and on this episode of the Aviation Pros Podcast, I'm joined by Tim Wakeford, CEO of Calinova, a company with a mission to revolutionize emergency cabin oxygen systems with their product, Cordillera. Enjoy. Tim, thank you again for taking the time to chat with us today. To start our conversation, can you give our audience a little bit of background on your company, Calinova? Thanks for having me, Walker. Um, yeah, so uh, Calinova was founded um, just over three years ago now, um, but we're based on uh, technology that's uh, been developed by our founders over quite a number of years before. So I think two of our co-founders actually started working on our technology way back in 2010. And both of our founders are F-18 pilots uh, in the Air Force by training, um, but one of them is also a medical doctor as well. And they spent quite a lot of time uh, researching how uh, humans breathe and how we absorb oxygen, and especially how we do that in extreme situations, so for example at high altitude. And that led them to quite a lot of potential interesting uh, benefits and interesting uh, use cases. But the first thing that we're starting with uh, is a new uh, emergency oxygen system for uh, passengers in commercial aircraft especially. And that's going to be our first use case. And we recently launched uh, Cordillera, which is our first product. And that's an upgrade to the existing emergency oxygen systems uh, on uh, mostly commercial aircraft. Normally they're based on technology that's 30, 40 years old. And there's quite a lot of operational uh, limitations created for uh, airlines by using those systems. And so we're looking to do something different and something better. And uh, that's what we're working on right now. And maybe to set the stage a little bit, what are the the limitations with emergency oxygen systems as they are right now? Sure. So most of the existing emergency oxygen systems that you would have today uh, have uh, provide you with 100% um, pure oxygen on the event of uh, a decompression. So if you have a, uh, um, an issue with the fuselage and, and the plane needs to descend, um, you'll get pure oxygen from the, the yellow mask that most people are quite familiar with. Um, but that normally only lasts for around 22 minutes. There are some systems that last longer, but the standard systems tend to be 15 minutes or 22 minutes. And that means you have to descend quite rapidly from uh, cruising altitude down to 14,000 feet. And then normally an aircraft would hold for a brief time at 14,000 feet and then descend again immediately to 10,000 feet and have to then do the full diversion at 10,000 feet. Now that causes problems in certain parts of the world. And one example that's, um, that's really relevant is when you're flying over high terrain. So if you're in a mountainous region and you need to descend very quickly to 14,000 feet, um, if you've got lots of mountains beneath you, you're clearly going to fly into the terrain before you, uh, before you get down to that, uh, that safe altitude. So what airlines tend to do is they fly alternative routes to, to avoid such issues. And one really interesting example there is uh, the Lima 888 um, air corridor, which is uh, over the, the Himalayas. That's uh, one of the shortest routes you can take from uh, Europe to large parts of Asia. And a lot of airlines don't fly it today simply because their oxygen system uh, would not be sufficient in the event of an emergency. So they, they take a longer route instead, and that can put another 30 minutes on the journey. So, for example, if you're flying from Central Europe to Hong Kong, it would take you half an hour longer to get there. That's obviously more fuel, 
more cost, um, more uh, carbon emissions. So it causes quite a few um, operational uh, issues for, for an airline today. So then how is uh, Cordillera an improvement or an upgrade over this system? What we're doing is we're, instead of providing pure oxygen, we're providing a, a different gas mix that was uh, an air mixture developed by our, our co-founders. Um, and that enables the aircraft, instead of descending rapidly down to 14,000 feet, to uh, descend slightly more gradually and come down to 21,000 feet. And then we can keep uh, passengers safe in the event of a, a decompression uh, for much longer and a much higher altitude. So you can keep the aircraft uh, at 21,000 feet. You can uh, fly over any high terrain or any other uh, obstacles that might be uh, in your way. And uh, that then means that some of these routes that are difficult to access today will be open uh, for uh, airlines in the future. So what's the technology being used with Cordillera? So basically we um, developed a, a different um, air mix, which is not pure oxygen. And uh, that uh, enables um, passengers to breathe a mixture of uh, um, oxygen with a, a small amount of carbon dioxide and nitrogen. And that uh, we've demonstrated through a lot of trials, um, hyperbaric chamber studies that we've done um, in uh, various uh, controlled environments, um, simulating different altitudes, demonstrating that um, people can maintain healthy oxygen saturation at high altitude um, with this gas mixture. Um, and that uh, we can then deliver to passengers without having to put, you know, a, a big extra tank of oxygen or, you know, any extra weight or uh, or taking up more space in the aircraft, which is one of the issues that airlines would have today if they wanted to uh, ex extend their capability to operate at, at those altitudes in the event of a, an emergency. And I know you said um, the company kind of goes all the way back to um, 2010. So how long has this been in, in development and kind of what was the development history? So some of our co-founders were working on this, um, you know, sort of in their, in their free time and just coming up with, with new ideas and new concepts. And, and just the two of them are, are pilots and, and one of them's a doctor. So they were sort of um, looking into this and trying to find new ideas for, it, uh, for quite a few years. And uh, they, they took a flight um, from, I think, from uh, somewhere in Europe, perhaps to Hong Kong, um, and a pilot friend of theirs was flying and they were asking them all about the routes and where it came from. And, and, and that kind of sparked the idea with them. And then in... Uh, in about 2017, um, our first two co-founders met up with our other two co-founders who um, suggested, you know, forming a business and bringing some investment into the company. And that's when we really sort of started um, more aggressively taking the, the technology forwards. Um, what we've done since then is we've, uh, in the first instance, developed a, an R&D team. So we pulled from some uh, of the top universities in, uh, in the UK, which is where we're based. Um, and we've developed an R&D team that's started to develop that core technology, that core concept, into um, a prototype that could be used at altitude to demonstrate that we could do it, to demonstrate that it would work. Um, and once we got through that phase, uh, we then started to bring in an aerospace design team as well. So we've hired uh, aerospace uh, design experts from across the industry, both from um, sort of major uh, tier one suppliers and from uh, OEMs as well. And uh, that team has then been taking our R&D concept and, and developing it through the standard aerospace design steps that you, you have to do to certify any product uh, within the aerospace industry. Um, as part of that, we received a design organization approval from uh, EASA and also then from the UK Civil Aviation Authority. So what we're doing now is, is um, taking our aerospace um, approved uh, design organization and using that to then develop this, this technology further into a, into a finished product. 
that we'll then uh, install uh, onto a, an aircraft under a supplemental type certificate. So basically, it's it's all about taking that that core idea, that core concept from the founders all the way through the R&D steps, and then rapidly into aerospace design and making sure that we properly respect the way that things have to be uh, designed, developed, and certified within the industry as well. And how far away are you from um, being ready to install this in an aircraft? So we're very close at the moment. We think within the next, um, say, nine to 12 months, we'll be installing the, the first system on the first uh, aircraft. We're talking to quite a few airlines at the moment that are very interested in uh, in this system, uh, both from Europe, uh, in Asia, and North America as well. There's quite a lot of benefits uh, on the Lima 888 route that I mentioned, but also in other parts of the world as well. So we see um, a lot of airlines that are keen to do this and, and to, um, to install it with us quite soon. And then what will the um, installation process be like? So basically, what we're trying to do is to ensure that we um, we make this as easy as possible for an airline. No airline obviously wants to, to take an aircraft out of service for a long time to, to fit an upgrade if they can avoid it. So part of our, our fundamental design methodology is to minimize the um, on-aircraft changes uh, as much as we possibly can and so that we can complete this outside of a major check window. So our current um, indication is that we'll be able to install this during uh, a layover. And we're in the process right now of developing more detailed um, installation planning and, and tasking to, to confirm that that's going to be the case. Um, and then on the maintenance side of things, um, what will that look like? So again, same principle. We want to r- remove any sort of additional checks or additional um, burden on the airline. We want to make it feel as close to the existing systems as possible. And so the design requirement for us on that side is to align with um, existing checks. That's typically a six-year uh, visual inspection. And so we expect to, to hit that and, and then any ongoing maintenance cost will be in line with those that an airline currently sees with the existing emergency oxygen system. And we'll obviously then continue to uh, support the system throughout its, uh, its installed lifetime through our, our own organization as well. And you said you're about nine to 12 months away from um, kind of having this in an aircraft. Um, what else is on the horizon? So for Cordillera, obviously we want to, uh, we've got a lot of airlines interested. We want, want to make sure that we go out and sell to as many of those as we can and, and make sure that we're delivering a lot of benefit. We see um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of, of fuel saving and hundreds of thousands of tons of uh, CO2 that we can save for airlines. So that, that's our first focus is really going out and um, making sure that we, we uh, make, give the full benefit of that to as many airlines as we can. But then going forwards, we, we believe that you know, if, if we're selling directly to airlines, then we can also um, potentially sell to the OEMs in the future as well. So we want to be able to sell to uh, Airbus and Boeing for them to uh, line fit into their uh, existing uh, build lines as well. Um, and beyond that, um, as I said at the start, we, we're, technology is based on um, on how the human body breathes, how we absorb oxygen. And so we, we do believe that in the sort of medium to long term, there's, there's a lot of other areas that we could go in the future. And any sort of extreme environment where um, people struggle to breathe, and especially at high altitude, we think there's there's potential um, benefits that we can bring to people. So it's very much aerospace first, but it, you know, in the, in the sort of longer term, we could well be looking at um, other markets as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Aviation Pros Podcast. Be sure to visit aviationpros.com for more stories, breaking news, and expert insight from all around the aviation industry.